Hello everyone and welcome to Box Office Receipts. I'm your host Tyler Callahan and I would say we got a good amount of news in Hollywood this week. We got the box office numbers, updates from Netflix, and what is going to happen to Lionsgate and Stars. Let's start with the domestic box office. Opening in first place is Don't Worry Darling with 19.2 million. In second place is The Woman King with 11.1 million for a total of 36.2 million. In third place is the re-release of Avatar, making 10 million, bringing its overall total to 770.5 million. Fourth place was Barbarian with 4.8 million for a total of 28.4 million. Lastly, in fifth place was Pearl, earning 1.9 million for a total of 6.65 million. So for Warner Brothers, I'd say the opening for Don't Worry Darling is okay. The critics trashed it, with it having a 39% on Rotten Tomatoes, but that was balanced out with Harry Style fans coming to see it. Will they continue to see it in the coming weeks? That remains to be seen. And also, considering the train wreck of promotion for the film, it easily could have been under f- under 15 million at the box office domestically. The Woman King is holding strong, dropping only 41%. At this rate, 50 million is a lock domestically, and it looks like it'll come close to hitting 75 million dollars. The Avatar re-release also did well, considering it was only in 1,860 theaters. While that is a wide release, it's not a big blockbuster wide release of three, four thousand theaters. As for Barbarian, not only is it holding strong, it gained 550 theaters over the weekend. Clearly, between this being a quiet period and there being a solid demand for the film. Theaters are looking to book it, which is only good news for Disney and 20th Century Studios. Also, a small update on everything, everywhere, all at once. The film is still in a few theaters domestically and has made $70 million at the box office. Worldwide, it's at $103 million. We move over to China to take a look at their box office, which continues to be quiet. Give Me Five remained in first place with $6.1 million for a total of $47.4 million. In second place was New Gods Yang Jin with 2.7 million for a total of 71.6 million. Third place was Moon Man making another 2.6 million for a total now of 451.8 million. Fourth place was Table for Six with 2 million for a total of 11.6 million. And lastly, in fifth place was Song of Spring with 1.3 million for a total of 10 million dollars. Now let's look at international numbers. Don't worry, Darling made 10.8 million internationally. For a worldwide opening weekend of $30 million, it opened in 61 markets, so I'd say that's not a good result so far with it being a wide release. As of now, it looks like it'll be more domestic heavy with its total. The Avatar re-released it solid, making $20.5 million for a total of $30.5 million in its re-release so far. Universal's Ticket to Paradise continues its international rollout, making $11.1 million for a total of $31 million so far. With just international markets right now, they're doing really good, and once it opens domestically, will easily pass 100 million worldwide. The Woman King has started to roll out internationally, and made 1.1 million for a total of 37.6 million worldwide. Bullet Train made 2.7 million for a total of 230.3 million. See How They Run made 900,000 for a worldwide total of 12.3 million. And lastly, Barbarian made 200,000 dollars for a worldwide total of 29.9 million. Switching over to news in Hollywood, we start with Sony, where they are working on a Tarzan film. Yeah, they were able to make a deal with the estate of the author, 
who wrote Tarzan, Edgar Rice Burroughs, for the film rights. Not much is known at all about who will sign on to the film, just that Sony is looking at reinventing the character. This could be good, but reinventing sounds like code word for set in modern times, which it would need some work to make it fit. If they just place the story in a modern setting, a modern time, that's just lazy. At Focus Features for Universal, Robert Eggers is getting ready to make his Nosferatu remake. This was talked about earlier in the year, but it was not clear if he would actually be able to go ahead and make it after The Northman. Well, a few weeks ago it came out from Focus that, thanks to strong VOD sales, The Northman has actually turned a profit. Now Deadline is exclusively reporting that Eggers is getting the cast together for the film. Bill Skarsgård is set for the lead role, and Lily Rose Depp is set to co-star with him. No word yet on when production will start. I'm happy that Eggers is going to be making his film. He has made it clear for a while. This, this is one he has wanted to do for a long time, and now he can actually go ahead and make it. I think this also shows with focus that they want to keep Eggers around, which is good to see. The Northman was fantastic. Paramount made a move that was long expected at this point, as they have removed the upcoming Star Trek film from their release calendar. Announced earlier this year, with just a director attached to it, none of the cast was signed, and the plan to start filming was and the plan was to start filming this year for release next December. That was already going to be a very rushed timetable, and well, they lost the director a few weeks ago. That kind of put everything on pause. I think it'll still be made, but this is easily a 2024 or 2025 film. For Sony, Deadline has an exclusive on this, and that is Matthew Broderick has joined No Hard Feelings. It's an upcoming R-rated comedy starring Jennifer Lawrence. As for the plot of the film, Jennifer Lawrence's character befriends a rich couple's son, Matthew Project will play the father, with Laura Branty playing the mother. And in another exclusive from Deadline, there is another movie in the works between Sony and Miramax. It's called Here, and it is an adaptation of the book of the same name. It will be directed by Robert Zimkus, and will star Tom Hanks, Robin Wright, and Paul Bentley. As for how production will work, this is a Miramax film first and foremost. With Sony having bought the domestic rights for the film, Miramax still retains the rights for it internationally, for distribution. Not much from Warner Brothers Discovery this week, it's just that CEO David Zales mentioned in a town hall meeting with employees that they are not for sale. This comes after articles have come out, where Hollywood executives have been saying that they would not be surprised if Comcast buys the company in the next few years. If their debt was not an issue for both of them, I could see it. Comcast has just under $100 billion of debt to pay off, and Warner Brothers Discovery has $51 billion. Now, if in the next five years they both separately work to pay off a lot of the debt, then I could see it happening. But if that was to happen right now, the combined debt level would be close to what AT&T had after buying Warner Brothers and DirecTV. They ended up selling both at a loss. While we wait for who 50 Cent will make a deal with for distribution with his GeForce production company, he is not staying still, making moves into horror films. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is that they have signed Eli Roth for a three-film deal. This expands GeForce into producing horror films, and the three have already have titles with Creature House, The Gun, and Trackmaster, all in development. It is not clear yet if Eli Roth will direct any of the three films, and he might not. While I did mention GeForce has signed Eli Roth to a three-picture deal, that also includes his company, Arts District Entertainment. So he could simply be the idea man for the film, have a producer credit, and then use his name to sell the films. We'll see. Still, 50 Cent is not wasting any time in growing GeForce. Now let's go to Disney and 20th Century Studios, where they have a lot going on this week. First off, the next Planet of the Apes film is moving ahead, called Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. It looks to be a continuation of the last trilogy, with it taking place years after the last one. 20th Century also released some concept art for the film. 
Uh, filming will start next month and will be directed by Wes Ball and star Freya Allen and Owen Teague. No word on release date, just that it will st come out sometime in 2024. Personally, I'm really looking forward to this. The last trilogy of eight films were fantastic, and I'm glad they're continuing the story and not doing a reboot. Switching over to Marvel Studios, there was a lot that went on. First, Armor Wars is going through some changes. It will no longer be a show for Disney+, Plus, but instead a film. With this change, Don Cheadle is still attached to it and will reprise his role as Colonel Rhodes, aka War Machine, and Yasir Lester will still write the screenplay. No word on when the film will go into production and when it will come out. I'm surprised to hear the change, but it does make sense. Armor Wars was one of the Marvel shows announced a few years ago, and now as they start to work on their second wave of shows including Daredevil and Loki Season 2, we've gotten no word on Armor Wars. I think they might have run into an issue making this a full six or eight episodes, and I would say, you know, you throw in some criticism from the shows, right? Decided that the best move would be to make it a film. Clearly, there is a story here they want to tell or need to tell for the MCU's development. I just hope they bring back Sam Rockwell. Next for Marvel Studios is Blade, and that is going on the back burner now as they continue pre-production work on it. The director, Basim Taik, has left the production which was, which was set to begin in November. Obviously, that will not be happening anytime. Obviously, that will not be happening anymore. As for why, Marvel told Deadline it was due to production, schedule issues, but that he will be credited as an executive producer. So that's the official story. The rumors are everyone is more or less not happy with how things are shaping up for the film, so they are going to go back, rewrite it, and make some changes, and then move ahead. If that's the case, I hope once the film does come out, Reports come out about what the original version of the film was compared to what we will be getting. Right now, it's still set to come out next November, but it's probably going to get delayed. In some good news for Marvel fans, we did get an update on Deadpool 3. We got a teaser poster, a release date, and of course, the big news on who will be joining, Hugh Jackman. That's right, Ryan Reynolds released a video with himself and Hugh Jackman announcing that he will be back as Wolverine. They then released a second video explaining that they will not be touching what happened in Logan. First off, this is big news, and I'm happy to see Jackman come back one more time. He has said before he would only come back if it was to be in the MCU. So between that and what I would assume is a very nice paycheck, uh, it was a simple decision for him. That also makes sense with the multiverse being the thing in the MCU, uh, that they can just get a different version of Wolverine for the film, just played by Hugh Jackman, and not the same one from Logan. It all works out. As for when it'll come out, it's going to be the big Labor Day movie Marvel put on the calendar a few weeks ago. So September 6th. 2024. This is definitely now a potential billion dollar movie. What's not good for Disney is it looks like Amsterdam is in trouble. Right now it is getting really poor reviews from critics, so not only will this not be a contender for any awards, it looks likely to bomb at the box office. And with a reported $80 million budget, this is going to be the last duel of 2022 for them. Except, the last duel actually got great reviews. Let's take a look at Lionsgate now as their plans have changed. The company announced that they are still working toward a plan of splitting up their studio and stars, but now it's a twist. Before, it was all focused on spinning off stars. Now it looks like they might spin off the studio instead. In an SEC filing, they have said this, quote, as negotiations progress, we have increased our focus on the possibility of spinning our studio business, creating a number of financial and strategic benefits, end quote. Well, on face value, that looks to be a stupid move, and I kind of agree from an asset value. You have to look at it from a money perspective. The idea of a spin-off is to get an injection of cash for the parent company. With how the market has been over the last few months, money is now starting to get a little tight for big companies and investors around the world. With these conditions, which has more value, stars or Lionsgate to studio? Clearly Lionsgate to studio. 
So if the end goal is as much cash as possible for a spinoff, this is the right move. Also in Lionsgate news, Now You See Me 3 is moving forward. Deadline has the exclusive on this, and that is Ruben Flesher has signed on to direct the film, with Seth Graham Smith to write a new version of the screenplay. I'm surprised we took this long to move ahead with the sequel, while the first two did not do gangbusters. Uh, they made decent money. Really, the only sin made was not calling the sequel Now You Don't. No word on a production start date, but since they are writing a new screenplay for it, I'd say... Uh, End of 2023 at the earliest. As for trailers, we got two. First is a final trailer for Halloween Ends from Universal, which is really hammering the point that this is the final confrontation between Laurie Strode and Michael Myers. MGM also released a first trailer for Bones and All. It stars Timothy Chalamet and Taylor Russell and comes out in theaters in November. I know, an MGM film hitting theaters. Crazy. For VOD Premium, it's mostly focused on Netflix thanks to the The Dumb event. First, Amazon announced that the entire James Bond franchise will be available to stream on Prime Video on October 5th. It will not be available worldwide, though, and only in certain locations, likely due to previous streaming contract commitments. It will be available in America, the UK, Italy, Australia, Mexico, India, Japan, Southeast Asia, and Spain. I do wonder if this will be permanent now because a lot of them were already there on Prime Video for a while. It's not like the first time the movies are hitting there. Now, Netflix did announce quite a bit for the event, so I'll be going through the announcements a bit more quickly. For TV shows, they announced that The Witcher Season 3 will come out next summer, while the spin-off show Blood Origin is still set to come out in December. There were teasers for Season 4 of You, as well as the next season of Lupin. The Addams Family show Wednesday got a clip with the show coming out in November, and then also in November, The Crown Season 5. For films, we got a clip of Glass Onion, as well as behind-the-scenes footage of Extraction 2 and Heart of Stone. Heart of Stone is the action spy film starring Gal Gadot and Jamie Dorman, with Tom Harper directing. From what I saw in the clip, it does look like there will be at least good action. Will that translate into a good film? We'll have to wait and see. For proper trailers, we got one for Enolia Holmes 2, which comes out in November, and one for They Cloned Tyrone, which comes out at the end of December. That one looks to be an interesting sci-fi film, and stars Jamie Foxx. Tiana Paris, and John Boyega. <clears throat> Besides what was announced at the Tadam event, Netflix was working on other projects as well. They have bought the rights to an to that they have bought the rights to adapt an upcoming book called Dark Wire. The book is about the true story of how the FBI set up and ran a fake telephone company and used it to arrest hundreds of criminals. The film adaptation will be a thriller, and they have also signed Jason Bateman to direct. I think I remember hearing about this story a few years ago. I know it's crazy to hear about how they did it. And I'm curious who they get to, for the cast, but right now I'm interested in the film. Also on the last update for Netflix, it was announced that Kevin Bacon has joined the cast of Beverly Hills Cop Axel Foley. No word on what character he'll be playing. I like Kevin Bacon, and I was likely going to watch the film anyway, so... But still, that title is just stupid. Finally, for what is available to watch on streaming, Hocus Pocus 2 is now available to watch on Disney+. And Blonde is available... On Netflix. And as I for this episode of Box Office Receipts, is there anything that you are excited for from the Netflix event? Let me know on Facebook. Link to the page in the show notes. Thank you for listening and see you next time.